Hello and welcome to this uh, podcast by the American Society of Nuclear Cardiology. I am Fadi Haig from the uh, University of Alabama at Birmingham and the Birmingham VA. Hi, I'm Pradeep Bamvani, colleague of Fadi, also at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, but from the Department of Radiology and Molecular Imaging. This podcast, we will uh, update you on uh, some articles from the Journal of Nuclear Cardiology that are issued in the uh, November-December uh, uh, issue of the Journal uh, of 2019. I'm going to start with the first article. This uh, this article, which was the lead article in the journal, um, is uh, concerned with patients with no obstructive coronary artery disease. Uh, a large percentage of patients who have angina uh, have no obstructive coronary disease on angiography. And a condition that's named ENOCA, or ischemia and no obstructive coronary artery disease, is being increasingly recognized uh, in the literature and in clinical practice. Patients with chest pain and no obstructive uh, coronary disease are known to have a high incidence of major adverse cardiovascular events compared to asymptomatic reference populations. It has been suggested that at least half of these patients' microvascular dysfunction is accountable for the symptoms. So in this article, Monroy Gonzalez and colleagues from the University Medical Center in Groningen in the Netherlands demonstrate the value of absolute myocardial perfusion quantification using nitrogen-13 ammonia PET in predicting all-cause mortality and MACE during long-term follow-up in 79 patients who presented with chest pain and had normal or near-normal coronary arteries as demonstrated by invasive um, and or non-invasive uh, coronary angiography and suspected to have impaired relative myocardial perfusion. They had long-term follow-up of uh, median follow-up was eight years and in uni on univariate COX regression analysis, a myocardial flow reserve um, was a predictor of all-cause mortality, whereas both myocardial flow reserve and uh, peak stress myocardial blood flow were predictors of MACE. So this data adds to the body of literature demonstrating the value of microvascular dysfunction um, uh, related angina in to all-cause mortality and MACE during long-term follow-up. And PET-derived absolute myocardial blood perfusion quantification can help clinicians identify these patients who would benefit from therapies aimed at relieving angina symptoms and preventing future cardiovascular events. A major limitation to the study is the small number of patients uh, and the small number of events that were seen during follow-up, and therefore more data is needed on this population uh, from larger cohorts. Yeah, this is a definitely uh, an unmet need to assess uh, uh, microvascular dysfunction, uh, especially with um, with imaging. Um, now, obviously, PET in this manuscript and other manuscripts have uh, shown the value of myocardial blood flow quantification in assessment of this uh, challenging problem. Um, the the real life uh, issue with this is access to uh, PET myocardial perfusion imaging. You know, in the, in the community setting, that's the issue. Um, there is a lot of, uh, interest in, uh, in looking at, um, SPECT, which is almost universally available, uh, for myocardial perfusion assessment, um, for, um, determining myocardial blood flow variables. But we are in the very early phases, um, of this, um, a technology. Uh, the initial data seems promising, but uh, there's a long way to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
You want to take on the second article? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take the the next manuscript. Um, uh, the next manuscript uh, is uh, also looking at uh, myocardial perfusion imaging uh, with uh, a PET tracer rubidium eighty two, um, which uh, is probably the uh, agent of choice for uh, PET myocardial perfusion imaging, given the availability of uh, uh, the generator and uh, uh, several practices, um, at least in the United States, um, have uh, transitioned from uh, SPECT myocardial perfusion imaging to using rubidium PET myocardial perfusion imaging. Now, the investigators at um, uh, the University of Ottawa Heart Institute in Canada, as part of a, a quality improvement program, investigate if an additional uh, 26 ml saline push following the rubidium elution and injection improved the um, quality of uh, acquired PET images. Um, now the rubidium PET scams were acquired with and without uh, the um, follow-through saline push um, in six patients, so a small study. Uh, and uh, similar eluted activity was measured with and without the uh, saline push. Uh, what the investigators noted, uh, which at least to me didn't surprise uh, at all, was that the activity delivered to the heart and retained in the myocardium was consistently increased more than twofold with the saline push technique, as opposed to, um, you know, the not chasing the rubidium with the saline push. The image quality was also improved in all patients uh, with uh, lower background noise, uh, reaching statistical significance. Um, thus, the saline push flushes the rubidium activity out of the infuser tubing, uh, patient injection and intravenous access lines, and thus increases the activity that is available to be taken up, uh, to be delivered and taken up by the heart and hence, uh, it is now recommended um, to uh, pursue a follow-through saline push to maximize image quality with rubidium-82 PET-MPI. As you said, Pradeep, this is not unexpected, but it's very important for, for, for the quality of the studies that, that, that this be done to increase the, the, the trace of activity in the heart. Right, right. Now, I, you know, I personally don't have uh, experience with rubidium. I'm theorizing why why this is being done is probably the closed system that's available you know with rubidium was not programmed for this automatic injection i'm not sure why not but but it should have been part of the uh, the process where the tracer is always followed by the flush of uh, saline or sterile water that's great Okay, uh, th this will conclude our uh, review, um, our review of the journal. Remember that in every issue of the journal, um, there is uh, two particular reviews. One that, that review current articles in nuclear cardiologies and other journals than the Journal of Nuclear Cardiology. And another review that reviews the literature on for cardiovascular disease publications that are of interest uh, uh, to people in our field. And so you can access those both online and in the journal. Uh, and hopefully this will help you. And up to the next podcast. Thank you.